0: Okay, so welcome to Skeptic Hangout. Uh, as you can probably notice, that isn't Richard Allora. <laughs> this is Secular Rarity. I'm so, so glad he can join me. I've, uh, there's been lots of people saying that me and Secular should work. To, I'm going to call him Elliot because that's his name. Me and Elliot should work together for a long time. And, you know, this is the first time we're actually getting to do it, so... Really excited about this episode. Um,
1: cool. I was just going to say, don't let him fool you people. Uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was the third place choice. I know where I stand on the tier and that's all right <laughs> with me. Uh, I'm a humble man. so. <laughs> uh, Elliot's
0: brilliant. Elliot's actually been a, a long time, even before I even knew who he was. I kept seeing him pop up saying, you know, being like a really vocal supporter of the stuff I was doing. And I was like, "This, I, I like this guy, obviously." But then we got <laughs> to know each other, and I just like him even more. It's just worked out perfectly. But That's what doing. I do.
1: I kiss ass until people uh, have me on their show. So, uh, if you've got a show, get ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> get get those bum cheeks at the ready. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're going to talk about uh, we're going to be talking about Mormonism. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. We don't know where it's going to go, as always, on this show. So uh, there's only two of us, and as if, if you watched the episode with me and Laura talking about history, it was the longest episode we'd recorded today because we just we just started going. And I think Elliot's a bit like Laura in so much as when we get talking, we're just going to go on and on and on and on. So please bear with us. <laughs> we will try and keep it on track as best we can. So, Elliot, what
1: do you know about Mormonism? Yeah, so for a long time I was uh I think I was like a lot of other people especially here in the United States where we know that Mormonism is a thing, um but like me being over uh, on the eastern portion of our country it's really a like that portion of the country like you got to go past the Mississippi you got to go far out west to 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 those people in Utah where is that um you know and and for a long time I honestly I I didn't really look into it I didn't really think much about it I think one of the first experiences that I had a few years ago where I really started trying to suss out okay what is this thing teaching I remember there was a video uh, that kind of went viral a few years ago um, and I could have my dates wrong on it, but it was a, it was a, a young girl. I think she was about 12 or 13 and she stood up at the front of the, the temple, the, their church, you know, their meeting place. And she was given this speech about how she knows that God loves her, even though she's a lesbian. And the reason okay. that this went viral was because it was obvious two minutes into this, this girl speaking about this and being who she is, that whoever the pastor or whatever they call that person that's in charge, shut that down, man. Right. They they ran up there and were like, oh, no, you can't be talking about this and all that. And it was just obvious that this 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 child was was hurt by that it was obvious that she was upset that she isn't allowed to express who she is and be loved by her community and after i saw that i was like wait a second maybe maybe i need to look into this shit a little bit more i mean what what is this about and from there unfortunately i think as as many of us that have looked into uh, mormonism as a whole we we ultimately find it is Quite a lot of skeletons in the closet and uh, bugs and dirt under that rug, right? Definitely.
0: Well, uh, so I've had I've had actually had the uh, pleasure of uh, of the Mormons knocking on your door and uh, saying hello and whatnot. Oh yeah,
1: I've gotten I've gotten some Mormons over the years and I've gotten some Jehovah's Witnesses over the years. No Catholics, surprisingly. Just a weird thing to <laughs> point out, by the way. But um, um normally they're, you know, they're friendly. Um, And even I can tell you, I remember a a very close teacher of mine in in high school um, that, you know, I was, I had classes with this teacher, like every single year, we were close, you know, he was that kind of guy for me. Um, And he was Mormon, and his family was Mormon. And I remember, we had some you know, summer event thing where, you know, it was a bunch of people over at his place and school administrators and stuff. It wasn't like school, but it was, you know, he was grilling out for everybody in his class after school, whatever. And I just remember talking with his family and thinking, you know, these people are are, are so nice a lot of the times and they're so pleasant to be around. And I don't have a problem with the people. And that's the case for everything. I don't have a problem with Muslims. I have a problem with Islam. I don't have a problem with Mormons. I have a problem with Mormonism. I have a problem with with Joseph Smith and all the crap that he pulled throughout his life. I have a problem with this um, Captain Moroni and the underwear. I have a problem with all of that. And specifically, kind of like how I started this, um, the fact that it is so anti lgbtq is is very upsetting to me, and the yeah. fact that they are able to control their members as much as they are yeah. i i go ahead go ahead
0: no i, I was just going to say yeah i 've got uh, lots of points to make on lots of things you've said, but we'll we'll come into that shortly. We had a uh, uh, Rudy beyon talking about um the Jehovah's Witnesses, because they were brought up within the Jehovah's Witnesses. And we briefly touched on Mormonism there, but only in passing. And uh, I, I think on the surface, from the outside, the parallels between the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses are very similar. But when you dig into it, the moment just goes to a whole new level of fucking crazy. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. It's just amazing. So my wife actually became a Mormon for about, I don't know how long it was, about two or three years, a short period. Uh, And, uh, you know, it was she, and I don't want to come tell her story too much because, you know, it's not my place to do so, but she was coming from a place of grief. She was looking for community, and uh, uh, she found it. She had some friends who were Mormon, and she kind of went down that road. Um, and they are absolutely lovely people. Uh-huh. I've I've had I've had lengthy conversations with Jehovah's Witnesses, and we've we've had friends who've been Mormon. Uh, obviously, with my wife being a member, and uh, you know. I think they get to a point when you're having a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness where they get really pissed off with you, and it kind of <laughs> turns into a bit of an argument. Even yeah. if you're trying to be nice, I mean, you can have nice conversations with them. Yeah, but they tend to get riled up really e- easily. Mormons are just infinitely nice people. <laughs> they they are genuinely, genuinely nice people. they and yeah. and and you can. The problem with them is. You can see the brain's working overtime to try and justify what they're saying to you, because they come from such in—or certainly the ones I came across—came from such insular kind of backgrounds. Yeah. The 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 uh, when they were challenged, they just couldn't process it.
1: Yeah,
0: they didn't seem able to process it. So, uh, before we talk about Mormonism properly. Just for people who don't know anything about it, it was started by Joseph Smith, who uh, oh, oh, I'm going to come on to it later, but it, it, in my mind is legendary for committing the biggest faux pas in religious history. But we'll get, we'll get on to that later on. But uh, it was found in Western New York in the 1820s and 30s, I think it was. And it found some. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I can't quite remember this. But did he? It was visited by an angel who guided him to some captain golden Moroni. place.
1: Yes, Captain Moroni. <laughs> captain Ooh. Moroni. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why he chose Captain, but. That makes your. I'm just going to be honest. If somebody's going to create a religion tomorrow, don't call like your first deity Captain or like Sister <laughs> like or something. Just all uh, of those just, make it sound
0: silly. We we used to have an advert, uh, an advertisement for something. I don't know if you have them in the US called Fish Fingers, which are like uh, little fish batter. Uh, we
1: cupboards. call them fish sticks. Yeah, yeah,
0: they, uh, yeah. And and the, the the kind of company was Captain Bird's eye. and the advert used <sighs> to come on with like this sailor guy with the the big, big, fluffy beard and the hat. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure he's cooking those on his sailboat, yeah. (laughs) and When I hear Captain Moroni, that's what I think of. I just think of this Captain Birdseye character coming down and and guiding Joseph Smith to these golden tablets that are buried in a hill somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that apparently... And again, please, if if I'm mistaken and, you know, anybody ever like comment on this, tell us how wrong we are. But I'm pretty sure like the golden tablets were were buried, according to the legend, like thousands of years ago, because like Jesus stopped off yeah. in North America before he went to heaven, I guess. Like, <laughs> well, I think
0: I think it was about 1820 when they had uh, his, his first visit and mm-hmm. uh it was appropriately called being the first visit it was appropriately en- entitled the first vision <laughs> oh, and that's yeah. when god and jesus appeared to him and instructed him to join uh not ex- instructed them to not join any of the existing churches because they were wrong so right. uh, and then he had several visitations after and was told mm-hmm. that uh God would use him to reestablish the true Christian church as it often goes in these, uh, yeah, it's uh, so narratives. weird that
1: it's so weird that God doesn't seem to be able to keep his message from being uncorrupted by man. I don't, <laughs> it's almost, I don't know. It's a weird question there for sure that arises, but if, if I remember correctly, he, so he goes out and he looks at these tablets and he he's able to write it all down but then like he loses half of the pages. Like he just loses half of the book or something. And then somebody was like, ah, uh, Joseph, uh, what, what was on page 11? And he's like, ah, shit, I don't know. And just like, does it all again real quick, uh, with like some special glasses or something like st- seer stone,
0: a seer stone. Yeah. It, uh, I think the long and the short of it is it was complete fucking incompetent. <laughs> Uh, i I heard somewhere that it, it oh, I can't remember the story. There was a reason that he wrote it again yeah and yeah. it it was because it it wasn't the 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 kind of the common thing within Mormonism is that he lost the pages, but it was actually called out by one of his followers' wives, I think it was on yeah. on on the things being bullshit and it, I don't know if she did. She copy. I don't know. Please, if you if you're watching this and you know the story, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I think she copied the first uh, the first set of writing he did, and he lost them, and then he rewrote it and said he'd been given the information again. Yeah. But she still she'd copied the first set, and she said, "Hang on a minute, this doesn't match. This yeah, is," and, and he came up with some bullshit excuses to why that was.
1: Oh, yeah, it was God's infinite wisdom or whatever. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of basically the way I understand it, which has a little bit of a a tinge of um, a particular understanding in Islam. There's there's a um, there's a writing, a hadith that talks about the Prophet Muhammad's life that supposedly got eaten by a goat a long time ago. And people just reference it as being a real thing. They're like, no, 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 it's real. It's just the goat ate it. And that's kind of what I get here is like, I just imagine Joseph Smith like heard that story and was like, yeah, this should work for me too. Like, why they believe it over there? Why wouldn't they believe it here? The
0: goat fucked up all of God's hard work.
1: (laughs) Right? Right? Jeez. Who knew a goat was so powerful?
0: (laughs) Why didn't God foresee it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and stop the goat i mean they, they, i'm sure they like had goat sacrifice to them at some point why didn't oh, just yeah. have the
1: goat that particular also, goat sacrificed i'd also imagine that like the pens for the goats and like the libraries weren't super close together <laughs> so i just i have to i i don't know i don't know so uh,
0: as, as we move on with this story the book of mormon was a uh, itself is a chronicle of the early Israelites, who, according to the Book of Mormon, left the Near East and traveled to America. Uh, The book is about uh, Prophet Lehi. Is it Lehi? Levi? Lehi, I think think it is. I Uh, remember
1: it's, it's the Nephites and the Lamanites are the two tribes of Israel I think they follow and I forget which one there is is theirs exactly but um the other one were bad people they did not follow <laughs> god's word so he made them black by the way that is a huge a huge thing in mormonism is that yes. that other group that didn't do a good job they're actually just bad people in general and they also happen to be black now yeah. I don't know if anybody knows about what was going on in like the middle of the 1800s in the United States, but there was some like fighting over slavery or something. I don't know <laughs> if it was that like, important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it definitely mattered. And um, yeah, that it's, it's, that's very telling. I think uh, that, that, that is actually a, a pretty big tenant of it, which again, I, I, didn't know for a long time like I no, had no no idea about that
0: and 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 that will that will figure into this show a little bit later on i'm sure as, as we move on but the uh so the, the the ancient Israelites israelites went to america and uh they uh, witnessed christ's uh is it a visitation of Christ after the resurrection, even though they were nowhere near it, or something along those lines? Again, I so. clear us up if, if we're getting wrong, because I'm doing most Please. of this from memory. Um, so Mormon theology teaches that the America is unique, and the Mormons are God's chosen people, uh, selected for a single destiny. Uh, according to the book of mormon the united states is like the biblical biblical promised land which just is very coincidental because that's where joseph smith was at the yeah. time
1: yeah and... it's like it's odd that it's just weird because it's like man you know jesus probably didn't know anything about north and south america it's... Uh... yeah it's very unlikely uh,
0: You know, I I tend to study the uh, early, well, lots of early kind of Christian New Testament texts and things like that. And uh, 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 whether it's in the Bible or the Apocrypha or different ideas that that Jewish people had about Christianity or early Islam had about Christianity, none of it mentions the United States. (laughs) Yeah. Mind-boggling considering it's the chosen place of God.
1: Yeah, and an all-knowing God too, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, it's quite a unique interpretation. Uh, And it's not... I mean, some of the stuff in there isn't entirely... It can't be particularly backed up by stuff. So, uh, uh, for example... The Book of Mormon mentions animals and plants and technologies, which there's no evidence of in, like, pre-Columbian America. And this was something I didn't find out till afterwards. Till after I'd kind of, like, when my wife had joined the Mormons, then I'd, because I'd come across them before, speaking to them, and I'd, like, little bits, and I'd read the Book of Mormon, which don't do. I've done it on your behalf it's just—it's it's a bad book. Nonsense. It's not a good book. Yeah, it's even not worth ba- it. Even as far as bad, religious texts go, it's not the best. <laughs> uh, and um, so, I, 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 as my wife got like into it and stuff, I started reading a little bit upon it, and they kind of believed the that there were horses and uh, sheep and pigs and elephant elephants and. You know, ironwork and plows and swords and chariots and all these things that weren't categorically weren't in America. These were all present in America, in pre-Columbian America. And that was just something. And it's one of those things that kind of Mormons try and excuse uh-huh. By saying no, you know you looked in, you do, you know you've not looked in the right places or uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> things, uh-huh. things like that. If if you, you heard anything along those lines.
1: So I until you mentioned it right there honestly I had totally forgotten about the f- like futuristic technology like apparently uh, uh North America the Great Plains and stuff was like this steampunk utopia for a while which <laughs> I was I totally I totally had blanked on that entirely <laughs> um until you just mentioned it right there but it one of the things that that really smacks me hard about Mormonism is like, are you familiar with, like, uh, Hebrew uh, Israelitism and Black uh, Hebrew Israelites and stuff? I, I, I am a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you
0: get back to that in a minute. But I've just got this mental image now of, like, loads of Native Americans walking around in steampunk goggles. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, Elliot. I appreciate
1: it. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. That's, that's what you get when you bring on secular rarity. That's just... So, but, yeah, go on. Continue. It just... It's this you know, both of these concepts are just this idea of a diaspora of the 12 Israelite tribes, which I don't know exactly how much great evidence we have for all of that. But let's just put that aside. Let's say there were 12 tribes of Israel. They lived in that area for a while, whatever. But in the in the 1800s, especially the later 1800s, there's this very obvious wave of people over in uh, Western Europe, in the UK and the United States where they're just like, Oh yeah, we're Israelites. Yeah. It's us. Like all those tribes got lost. We found them. It's me. Hooray. Um, and I think it's this, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's this, I want to, I want to put a feather in my cap. Like I want to wear this crown and, and be real cool for a minute and talk about how, you know, you think you're following Jesus, but see, I'm actually a Hebrew, and it's like, okay, great, man. I mean, whatever. Um, but it is, there's this obvious desire to try and shift the the focus of that story of, of the dying, rising, salvation for all humanity, yada yada, um, nonsense, but whatever. Uh, but try to push that over into an area that made Uh, the people in certain countries that were obviously more prominent on a world stage, it it tried to make them feel important. And it's just so clear, especially when, yeah, I mean, exactly like you said, like, Oh yeah, there's this vision of Jesus way back then. And that proves it. And then like, I had this vision and like Missouri is where the fricking, um, Revelation and stuff is going to happen. Like, I guess, man. Um, but I don't. I don't
0: know if you've ever ever been in a Mormon church. I uh, have not. but they. They are the archetypal kind of white Jesus painting places. Uh, every picture of Jesus is just some white guy. And, <laughs> and, and 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 I know I know it happens in in Christianity in general, and especially in America where people have this image of him. But really, in Mormonism, it is like it. in every picture you see of Jesus is just some white yeah. dude with a nicely trimmed beard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm going to be honest, man. I really hadn't thought about it until like right now. But and I'm sure I know I'm wrong on this before I even say it, y'all. But I I don't know a black Mormon. Like, I just don't see. I do. Okay. See, that's good. That's good to know. That's good to know. It's, it's good. It's good to expand your horizons, but it seems, it seems so hard to me because of that, that truly inherent racism that, that is a part of this understanding. Like I just, it, it, that seems so difficult to me to, to be a part of that religion. Um, but if you're a guy, Mormonism is it's kind of sweet. Like yeah. You get a lot of stuff, man. Like you really do. You basically become your own God. I think when you die. Yeah.
0: Well, when, when my wife was part of the church, I literally, I, I literally had to give my permission for anything she did within the church. When, when she wanted to go to the temple, it was like, you know, we, we need to speak to your husband first. Wow.
1: And you and weren't she- even part of the temple.
0: I was, I was not, I was not
1: part of the church, no,
0: no. But they still, I still had to kind of give my permission and and things like that. Very, very male orientated. Yeah. Uh, when, when my wife, because my wife's really well educated, she's far better educated than me. Uh, and when she was a, uh, she was talking about going because she'd already got one degree in uh, uh, politics. And wow. economics and she was going back to university to to do a second to do a master's level degree. And uh they were like, discouraging her. I mean, don't you want to stay really? at home and like look after your family and your husband instead of doing that? Like, <sighs> no, not really.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't you want to, to just get be a a baby maker and a and a yeah. and a slave your whole life? Doesn't that sound great? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And,
0: yeah. And it really is I mean, I, I don't want to speak about the whole of the religion because sure, I, I can only sense. speak about my own uh, uh, encounter with it. But that in that was like at the forefront, really at the forefront of anything uh, that my wife wanted to do. She had to get my permission first before she did wow. it. Wow. I ended yeah. up, I, you know, I had a, I had a quite... Uh, uh, stern conversation with the bishop in which I said, look, you know, take it that she's got my permission to do what she wants because she's her own independent person. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, although I don't agree with uh, with the religion or what she did, it's her choice to do it. She's her yeah. own independent person. You don't need to ask my permission every time she wants to do something. Yeah. So but... it, it kind of took that on board and then she could do what she wanted within. That's good. Within, um, like certain parameters,
1: but that's the—I mean—that's the whole point of um, the bite model of control, right? For, yeah. for distinguishing cults right? Yeah, is—is yeah. they—they are—they want to control you in such a manner that you really you you feel this innate urge inside you to go, hey, let me just make sure that the man in my life is okay with what I'm about to do. (laughs) Let me go make sure that my parents eh, absolutely sign off on every little decision that I make as an 18 year old. It's like, Holy shit. Um, The the level of control is, is so high, honestly. And again, you, you don't notice this from the outside.
0: Yeah. And that Um, was really sad for me because
1: my wife was, I mean, she's, she was a Christian from
0: when I met her, but she was, she's always been very strong, but very like she's always been into feminism and politics and stuff like that. She's always been a very strong woman. That's part of what attracted me to her and to see her kind of be brainwashed by this, this uh, church was something that I found really hard to, uh, to watch.
1: Yeah. I get that. I get that entirely. And it's, um, you know, there's there's the there's the back and forth on it, right? Like, obviously, there's a part of me, and and from getting to watch you on all these wonderful channels and stuff, and hearing what you say, I, I think you probably come down on the same side as I do, where I just really want the damn truth. Yeah, I don't care if it if it if it makes me look bad. I don't care if I I have to do an extra twenty minutes worth of work. It doesn't that doesn't matter to me. I just want to know what the answer is. I want, I want to know what's right. But on top of that, there's also just this intense emotional aspect behind stuff like that. When you're, you know, when, when, when somebody that you are so close to like that starts to accept and participate in these things that, you know, are demonstrably false, let's say, um, or at the very least, not evidently true, right? We don't have yeah. anything that points to this being a thing and and especially with with Mormonism, we have such great records of Joseph Smith. We yeah. know Joseph Smith was a dick. We know yeah. way before he wrote anything down. We're like, oh yeah, this guy's not he's <laughs> not that good of a person. he's a jerk. um it's It's so frustrating. But I mean, the, again, the dude was like, I mean, this this is
0: disputed, but uh, I, th- I think it's likely true that it was a convicted fraudster. <laughs> I mean, he was in fucking
1: prison when he died. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. You're right. It is disputed. I, from the stuff that I have seen, I'm no expert, folks. I'm no expert. From the stuff I have seen, he was indeed a convicted fraudster. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you can do, man. We had printing presses. We 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 had so many things available to us at the time that it's like, uh guys, I don't know. We got this we got this paper from like, you know, the next state over that talks about Joseph Smith like doing some really weird stuff. Like I'm pretty sure he uh I don't think he personally did it, but I think he advised his people to go and burn down this, um, this newspaper in Nauvoo. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Na- Na- Nauvoo expositor, I think, or something. That was, that, like that was, and, that
0: was uh, the, uh, just before he died. That was just uh, before
1: he died. Yeah. That, that was weird. why
0: he was in prison for in, because wasn't he, it was something to do with the kind of uh, the governance of the state at the time. And, and I think, He had some detractors speaking out against him, so it encouraged his followers to... uh, Basically, I think he put forward martial law and got his followers to go and burn down this printing press of this newspaper that was speaking out against him, and that's why he was in prison just before we died my
1: understanding yeah and and could could again as with everything we've said thus far and from here on could be could be incorrect please correct me i'd love to know the truth if i'm wrong on this but yeah my understanding is that there was uh kind of a rift between joseph smith and some other people and joseph was like yes we can have lots of wives they can be any age and then this guy was like that sounds weird and wrong to me uh and then he's like joseph was like well you're not part of the church this guy started making a newspaper and then our our old buddy smith there was like "Eh, just go burn it down i mean which doesn't sound extremely christ-like but
0: the the thing is, uh, I think he got done for a fray as well. I think he'd it, it kind of assaulted. He'd been in. It, it'd been in and out of prison a few times, or it, it'd certainly been to court a few times on yeah. various things. And and I, I think one was choking someone. Uh, so it was. It, it sounded a bit ridiculous, to be honest. Yeah. Even as far yeah. as like like religious cult leaders who you might not like go, but. Yeah. I, what you were saying about the kind of uh, polygamy, mm. the the thing with Mormonism, even as early as like the 1830s, I think it was, the kind of theology itself was torn and they didn't really have a, a, a concrete set theology. There were different groups breaking off. Some of them believed in the Trinity. Some of them didn't believe in the Trinity. Some of them believed in uh, uh, polygamy like Joseph Smith and some of them didn't believe in polygamy.
1: So I think they were quite early. There were quite a lot of like
0: splinter groups.
1: Uh, They end up, if I'm not mistaken, because at that time, if I remember correctly, the United States hadn't entirely incorporated a lot of the territory in that area, that, that, that far West, um, from, from the East Coast and the original colonies and stuff. And one of the things ultimately for like Utah as a state to actually get brought into the Union was like they had to, the Mormon church had to quote unquote, like renounce polygamy or something. Right. But they, it, it's not that they, it's not that they really renounced it from my understanding it's just that they said oh this is no longer going to be a legally binding thing you'll marry the the one person which of course uh heterosexual monogamous well not polygamous but uh (laughs) heterosexual cis none just any anything else on the spectrum just not a thing um yeah And once you marry the first person, you then get spiritually married to these other people. (laughs) But this is this is the problem today. The problem today is that the 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 almost the entire state of Utah is controlled by people that are very much involved in the Mormon church. And I don't have a problem with a religious person being in office in and of itself. But in but. When a religious person is in office in any Democratic Republican country around the world and they are blatantly pushing their religious agenda for no other reason other than, hey, my guy read this on the golden tablets years ago and this is what I'm doing. That's where I have the problem because I know for a fact there are people in Utah that aren't Mormon and they don't deserve to be subjected to that. You know, man, woman, child doesn't matter.
0: No, uh, they and they uh, they, they do. They, I've I've seen things. One of the the biggest criticisms uh, I had when I first started looking into Mormonism, like uh, looking at the background of it, was uh, I found a lot of stuff they like really kind of had a. And this is intriguing considering what they believe, but they were like really trying to like take over Native American Indian lands to put oil pipeline. I think it was oil pipelines through. Yeah. and and it that was a, a huge huge thing in American politics a couple of years ago a few, well a few years ago and yes it, it was led by two mormon uh politicians
1: yes there is there is a if i remember you might that, that specific reference might be to the the um the standing rook Native American tribe um i believe, but I do know for a fact that the Mormon church as an organization in the United States holds ridiculous, ridic- I don't know if it's number one anymore, but it definitely was number one, at least in the last 10 decades, a ridiculous amount of land mm. that this organization physically owns. Okay. And gets tax breaks for it. And not only that, but the amount of investments that this cult it's just what it is it's a cult uh, the amount of investments that this this cult is a part of is absurd i mean we are we are on the levels of of hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and i absolutely would not doubt if at the end of the day we find on their books that we're talking gas company after gas company coal company after coal name the top 5 companies in the whole freaking world And I bet you if they have their, if they can, they've got their hands in it. Um, And it's, it's just a power grab. I mean, at the end of the day.
0: But of course we can't check the books because they're not very forthright with letting us do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not big fans of that. And in fairness, our government, uh, our government's a part of that problem. So yeah. USA, USA.
0: (laughs) Going, going back to the, to the native Americans and, and, and marrying that to the kind of uh, theology of Mormonism, the 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 Lamanites was it? Oh, that was one of the tribes, and, and they were considered the principal uh, ancestors of the American Indians. And That's... and but this, no, and this these were supposed to have come out of Israel and and things like that. But this, there's no Semitic language spoken by native americans going and, back to to the uh, kind of horse thing where there's it, it, just no facts to support what they claim
1: and we've got and, dna like <laughs> guys the genome project remember that like we sequence dna we understand this i mean we're not perfect but we understand it and we can just absolutely take blood from anybody whose family has lived in the israel palestine places for 400 years and anybody's blood who has their heritage back in the, the united states the native americans and so forth the various tribes it's it's just obviously not true but <laughs> <laughs>
0: this, this is the thing with mormonism though it's it, so much of it is it's kind of it's kind of like the well, i'm going to say the religious version but this this other thing is kind of strong ties with religion as well but it's kind of the religious version of the flat earth. It's something that's so fucking blatantly, obviously not Mm -hmm. true, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. so many people still cling to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it is. I mean, I think the, you know, at least uh, like you said on, on the surface, the comparison between it and Jehovah's witness uh, um, is, which is also a cult is um, it's, it's, it's very, it seems like they're really, really the same. And in one sense they are in in that, you know, Hey, take whatever you know about quote mainstream Christianity, just throw it out the window for a second. We're going to sprinkle in a little bit of, of that stuff around there because I don't, I don't know. I just, I definitely don't hear the same, um, five phrases used uh, when it comes to Mormons that I do with the Baptists and the Methodists yeah. and the Lutherans and the presbyterians they all basically parrot the same stuff, but you go and you, you listen to a Mormon talk about stuff and it's weird because it does. It just feels like it's one foot in Christianity and one foot out. Um, They've clearly got their own understanding. They've clearly got their own way of, of acting and, and behaving. Um, and again, it, it, it just seems like they took all the worst stuff.
0: <laughs> they just... have, but I think, I think they go. Uh, I, w- I want to return to something you said about uh, them and uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses in a second. But before we do that, they, uh, talking about Christianity, they, I think there's a huge push within Mormonism, especially from the leadership at the minute to kind of try and rebrand as a Christian thing as opposed yeah. to Mormonism. And I was listening to, I think it was the atheist experience uh, from a, a good few years ago. And I don't remember who, who it was, one of the co-hosts and he said he'd, he'd been to visit, he'd been to Utah and he'd visited the uh, kind of, I think it was like a museum of Mormonism there. And uh it, it'd it been several years ago and it was very uh, kind of talking about the Levites, or, uh, what you consider Mormonism to be. And then it returned a few years later and all that stuff was gone. And it was really pushing the Christian angle and everything was about them being Christian. And yeah. it seems like they're having a massive rebrand to try and attract uh, regular Christians yeah. into the That's- ranks.
1: That's definitely been my understanding as well over the last handful of years that there is a clear and noticeable shift to and and this is this is what's weird about it is that they're not they're not actually changing any of the tenants or anything It's not like they're they're becoming a new church or anything or they're like, Hey, remember that stuff we told you last week? Well, that's not actually god's word uh whatever but they're, they're literally just softening their image on the outside. Yeah. But I think, I mean, not to bring up another cult, but I, that's what Scientology is doing, yeah. right? And, and it's just that we, we are lucky, I guess is the way to say it. We're just lucky enough that so many of these other religions um, have, have had that softening for so many years, you know, the, the, the Baptists are still bad in a lot of sense, trust me. Um, we had a big conference in my city <clears throat> even there. Apparently, they just all get together and vote about what God's, God wants them to do, which doesn't make sense because why don't they just ask God? Um, but at the end of the day, still, where they are now from where they originated so long ago, it, it it's much softer even in the tenets right now mormonism is is softening the image they're they're yeah. trying exactly what you said, trying to make it more palatable for you know those other christians yeah um which I'm not a fan of, so you know so let's talk about apostasy uh
0: when Rudy was on our show they uh we're talking about when they'd come out of uh, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. and and the, the, the real struggle they'd had with the kind of being shunned and things. Now, that is something that I found when my wife came out of Mormonism. Uh, and it, it was something that, I mean, we literally had to take them to court to get my wife's name off the book. We literally had to threaten them. And it wasn't a simple process because there were so many people doing it. They'd put so many barriers in place to to stop people doing that. And we had to like, we literally had to go to Europe, to, to the European court to try and get that uh, sorted out. And eventually they did take my wife's name off the books, but it was such a hard process. And literally everybody from the church and we had some good friends in the church who were really supportive and had done some wonderful things for us and they, they just stopped talking to us.
1: Mm.
0: I think, I think my wife now has like two friends from the church who still talk to her and that's on the kind of oh. like yeah. sly. Yeah. So no, so nobody yeah, knows yeah, about yeah. it.
1: Yeah. But, uh,
0: yeah. Um. What's your your understanding of apostasy in in that respect with Mormonism?
1: Yeah, it, um, anytime I have ever heard about any story, um, where somebody leaves the Mormon church, um, and, and worse yet, even I've heard stories of people where they're not even leaving. Like they just, they, they just want to have some, some, open dialogue as adults who are reasonable thinking human beings and just go, Hey, maybe we could play with this and make it better. You know Um, it seems very much as if they, they use community as a way to keep people. They will use it in the absolutely most toxic sense I have seen. And the way that you do that is by when you are a part of the group, when you are one of the cheerleaders um, they bring you in and they, and they hug you and they give you good food and they talk to you and they smile and they laugh and Hey, what'd you do last week? Oh my gosh, you got a move. Let me come pick up your furniture, all of that. And the second that you have any doubts that you step away at all, that, completely turns off. And and that is it is so effective. It is so effective, which is why there aren't as many um apostates from from this particular uh, religious understanding whereas there are from so many others. Yeah. Um and it it doesn't seem to be at least from my understanding it doesn't seem to be a specific like, it's not a, oh, only if you're in Utah, that's how it is. <laughs> um, it's, it seems to be something that the Mormons have kept really hardcore, I mean, across the world. Like, yeah. even in Australia, I know I was reading something about uh, uh, some people that, like, man, we're having a hard time leaving the Mormon church. And I'm like, how much power do the Mormons have over there? And the answer is enough. Enough to to radically fuck up people's lives just because you know they don't believe that some dude looked in a hat and read golden tablets by some angel.
0: I, I think it's one of the. I think that certainly, from my understanding and, and my experience, but it's not that people aren't leaving. It's that they're making it so difficult for people yes. to leave. Now, yes, we we had we had a situation where it was probably better for them to. uh let us go because obviously we'd taken legal action but <laughs> I don't want I'm going to come across as a dick now but uh, it is what it is but the the kind of the missionaries had come after my wife had expressed clearly she didn't want anything more to do with them and the the mission I've told this story before but it does make me sound like a dick um, the kind of the missionaries had come round and she, she genuinely wasn't home and I told them they were, that she wasn't home, and they expressed about coming back. And I, I was nice to the guys, the young guys, uh, the the elders that they call them, but they're they're usually in the like teens, like late teens, early twenties. Uh, and I'd, I'd said, you know, please don't come back. And I'd <laughs> I got a message to the bishop of the local church that if they did come back, I was going to hand deliver them to him so
1: that kind of <laughs> I, I, think I think that was that i think that was firm yeah yeah that was a firm and yet you know loving you you were you're just <laughs> up their well-being you didn't want them to get hurt
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i appreciate that's a bit of a dick thing to do but I, I was i was really angry at the time i genuinely was really angry and you can laugh about it now but right you know uh, I wasn't happy. The, the the kind of harassment my wife was getting at the time was not good at all. And
1: they're they're very much uh, that is definitely something they they do well. Which mm. which is a is a fucked up thing to say, but they are good about silencing people. Yeah. They are good about pushing down the victims and blaming them it's their fault for these problems. It's, it's their issue. They should have done better too bad. They weren't holy enough. They should have worn their undergarments more. Um, I mean that type of crap, that, that is definitely one thing that the Mormon church does exceedingly well. And yeah, believe me, uh, if I was in your position, I'm sure I would have had (laughs) just as short of words with them.
0: (laughs) Um, so let, let's, let's kind of lighten the mood a little bit. And earlier on, I mentioned, uh, co- because we have still got some ki- quite, quite heavy stuff to talk about. So let's, let's have a brief respite. And let's talk about earlier when I talked about the, uh, the biggest par in religious history, <laughs> yeah. which was made by Joseph Smith. I'm going to ask you if you've heard of this, and I'll, I'm going to let you explain it, because I don't know if I'll be able to do it without laughing. The Book of Abraham. You're familiar with the Book of Abraham? I don't.
1: I don't think so. I'm not positive that I'm that <laughs> let I know me, this as let well. Me yeah, please you. Please. Uh, so Joseph Smith
0: or the Mormon Church somehow came into uh, possession of a. Uh, oh, shiny lights just fell off. Uh, it, it does that quite a lot. Um, they, um, they came into the possession of a uh, papyri. Uh, which contained an authentic one, which contained Egyptian hieroglyphs um, and Joseph Smith translated it. So he made this translation before modern Egyptologists uh-huh. had actually figured out how to translate this text. So when, when modern Egyptologists came along and gave the accurate translation <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> entirely the same uh, the same thing. I'd I, I can not remember what it was that the that Joseph Smith had actually translated it as. But um, it turned out that they were just like ordinary funerary texts, like Egyptian yeah. like funeral texts. And had absolutely nothing to do. I think it was, wow, Abraham. Joseph Smith had uh, had translated it something to do with Abraham from the Bible. It had literally nothing to do with that. It was just an Egyptian funeral text. And it it was so much of a faux pas that even the Mormon church itself acknowledged that it mistranslated it because there was just no getting away from it
1: literally no so, that is so my how do you go on how do you how do you have something like that and and then still go no 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 he got the other stuff right he apparently didn't know egyptian but this yeah. other weird made-up language we had never heard of before he got that accurate you know it, it, i mean
0: <laughs> wow. it, it just goes to show and this is quite sad that um you know it just shows goes to show the cognitive dissonance that the people who've been kind of uh, brainwashed into religion, uh, and it's not ju- it's not just these religions that we call cults; it's all religions. The these people uh, uh, are led to believe. I had a conversation with a, a Muslim earlier on today, and I was asking them. I asked them if they thought that the uh, Quran was the original, like unchanged, was given to Muhammad, unchanged in its present form? And they said, yes, of course. Why wouldn't it be? And it's just not. Mm -mm. It's just, any any Islamic scholar will tell you that that's not the case. And the the kind of brainwashing people go through when when they're in these religions is the cognitive dissonance. It's heartbreaking to see and and we a got- lot of people in our community will uh, uh fortunately not the kind of people we're close to, but in our wider community will ridicule religious people. And that's yeah. not the way you know, it's yeah. not something to be ridiculed for. It's not their fault that right. they've been brought up and brainwashed into this system. It's it's just saddening to
1: me. Yeah, and I and I agree. I I mean the Christians have known about the council of Nicaea for, you know, 1500 years now. um, And that hasn't affected a lot of people. It seems as to the veracity of, of the story, Mm -hmm. The, the, the thing though, that you touched on at the end right there, I think is exactly what needs to be talked about time and time and time and time again, those of us that never believed, those of us that are out of belief systems, we need to remember where we were. And we need to remember how easy it is to to be back there. And, you know, you and I can sit and and giggle about some of the silly stuff, you know, for hours, man. And that's great. And we need that as a community, but we shouldn't demonize the people because the people are just as much victims as, as any other person that we all just go, yes, that person has been harmed just because this, this particular individual is a successful church leader or, you know, a, a, a YouTube personality with the Jesus and the woo, all that stuff. Look, this person has been harmed yeah. just in the in the exact same ways that that so many other people have, and hey, pat ourselves on the back for all of us that that have gotten out. But it's not because we're smarter. It, it's not because we we're just impervious to the cults or whatever. It, 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 we we were able to to think and to rationalize, and we got lucky on some instances. Yeah, and it's it's our job to reach out to those people that are still in those indoctrinated places and say look guys this is a little bit silly doesn't make a lot of sense i think we can find a better way yeah. um and we're not we're not we're not going to make any progress by calling people a bunch of assholes to their faces all the time no. it's just and, not going to make. and any
0: it's different people in our community as well because it i think that's that uh, that's kind of leveled the kind of the, the recent deconvert, the angry atheist, who's recently come out of religion and frustrated and angry that they've been through that and lied to and indoctrinated, yeah. but there's yeah. also the people like not like me, but people who've never had religion, mm. who they're not angry as such, but they take on this arrogant air and they they, they look at people who were kind of in religion as as if they're like, as if they are stupid and they're not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this. Some, this very... Someone who's been in religion and come out of sh- religion, their IQ level doesn't uh, grow when they come out of religion. Yeah. It, it's they, they just have different ways of processing the information and different epistemological tools. Yeah. That, that, I mean... that kind of allow them to look at things in a different way.
1: Francis Collins is the person that I always point to. He's he was the guy that headed up the genome project. And yeah. it, one day, I mean, his story is famous. Where he's hiking through the woods one day. He'd been a a, a well known atheist, agnostic, whatever for years. Blah blah blah. He's hiking. He sees a freaking waterfall that's frozen into three streams. He gets down on his knees and he accepts Jesus Christ into his heart. Francis Collins is one of the smartest sons of bitches that's ever existed in this world. And it, it isn't it isn't that you're smarter for not believing. It isn't that you're you you only question if you're intelligent. It isn't any of that. It's no. part of it for sure, is the fact that these belief systems have gotten so good at manipulating us. They Definitely. know what makes us tick. They know what makes me feel that weird kind of empty feeling in my stomach, or they know what makes me feel that sadness or that longing. They know that they've, they've had hundreds of years to perfect this, this, this propaganda and this control. And it it's never, it's never going to be beneficial for us on the non-believing side to constantly ridicule and say, look, if you're a Mormon, you've just got to be the biggest piece of shit ever. No, 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 no. Guys, if you're a Mormon, you're a victim of this indoctrination of this belief system and the demonstrably false stuff. And the same thing is true for so much else. And what we need to do as people on the outside is we need to be able to bridge that gap. And have the conversation, if they're gonna yell at me and call me a sinner and tell me that I'm gonna burn in hell forever, hey man, cool. Uh, okay, like that's cool. Let's talk about let's talk about brigham young let let let's talk about what he did in his life. Let's talk about the split. Let's talk about you know where this comes from, because I just I don't see a world that gets better when we're all yelling at each other about about God's or or spirits, or ghosts. I, I don't see that. And I, I, think, I think places... It is, it is sometimes necessary. I think yes. it's sometimes necessary to
0: get in that... Uh, yes. Because I'll always say this, because I think it's important to say this. Sometimes, depending on who you're talking to, uh, you have to take that step, and you have yes. to get in the face, and you have to shout at them. Don't yes. ridicule them but you have to shout at them and you have to, you know, have that little bit, but that's, that's a rare occasion. That's not Mm -hmm. how you, and that's not how you begin a conversation. And hopefully that's not how you end a conversation. Even if you have to go to that place within it.
1: Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. There, there are definitely times where you can say to people, Hey, the house is on fire, you know, just that calm, that chill, everybody pays attention. And there are other times where you got to go, Hey man, this fucking house is on fire right now. <laughs> Pay attention. Yeah. And, and it, again, it, just echoing exactly what you just said. It's, it's not about, it's not about putting the person down who believes this, but it is about letting them know that there's a problem with, with yeah. what they're expressing, whether it's a logical contradiction or, or whether it, it is the blatant harm that comes from telling an entire portion of our population that they are less than, yeah. whichever it is, it, it, there's a problem there. And that's what we need to talk about. That's what's wrong. That's what's the issue. Not necessarily you as a person, but if you are actively out there expressing things and causing harm brother, I'm going to stand against you. I I just am. I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you say that uh, gay people aren't people. I'm not going to let you say that, that somebody's skin color determines their worth. I'm not going to let you do that. So let's
0: talk about that within Mormonism then, because that both those things have, have have been prevalent in Mormonism. And uh, I think it was, was it 19? I want to say around, it was around the time I was born. So it was around 77, 78. I think the, the, the Mormon church eventually allowed uh, people of black African descent to be ordained into the church's lay priesthood. And something that our listeners may not understand about Mormonism, it's, it's kind of a living, uh, revelation everything, so whoever's the head of the church gets direct revelation from God and makes decisions based on that. And it seems that uh, despite uh, some members of the Mormon church being uh, against uh, the civil rights movement, and things. Uh, I think there it, it was yeah. uh, one of the leaders, Ezra Taft Benson. Oh. I think they called him was like really opposed to the civil rights movement. It seems funny that as as society progresses and more of society adopts uh, civil rights uh, sympathies, that the LDS Church all of a sudden had a revelation that it was okay for black African men. <laughs> To suddenly be ordained into the church as priesthood. Just a coincidence there after 200 years of like not allowing it.
1: They heard they, the word they, of God. That's what it was. God did spoke have, to them.
0: <laughs> they did have a long history of barring black men and women from participating in, in the temples. They weren't even allowed to go to the temples. They didn't allow interracial marriage. Yeah. You know, black men couldn't receive the priesthood. And they couldn't hold leadership roles. They couldn't perform rituals. Uh, And Joseph Smith and Brigham Young reasoned, as I think you touched on this earlier, that black skin was the result of the curse of Cain or the curse of Ham. And they they thought that black people were less valiant uh, in the kind of pre-existence, which is one of the Mormon doctrines. It's ridiculous. And the fact that this goes on, as I said earlier, I've, I had friends who were black in the Mormon church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how those people can reconcile that with knowing the history of the church is yeah. It's, it's painful to me.
1: Yeah. And I, I you know, what's coming to my mind right now, at least in part is um, that wonderful, wonderful activist, Mandisa Thomas with black yeah. non-believers where I've heard her say, you know, it it really does just blow my mind sometimes to think that 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 the Christian religion, this this Protestant religion that was used to to demonize uh my ancestors, my family for so many years. Um, so many of my family and friends are still a part of it today. And and specifically with with Mormonism, I completely agree. It's not something that that is hidden it feels like to me it's not something that it does not take again being the guy that just got the door knock every so often and then no thanks don't want to talk about god and close the door that's fine but it, it doesn't take much more than about five minutes worth of looking into mormonism before you start to understand how prevalent um this racist ideology is yeah. and uh, on top of that again as we've have as we have touched on a whole bunch you know um the misogyny the the outright uh, the outright second place status of women in in this group i mean the fact alone that you as a non-mormon as a non-mormon male had to give permission to your wife who was a part of the mormon that's crazy that's crazy that 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 is actually something that they wanted, and it's. I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a white guy. Um, I don't know how if you're not a white guy, I don't know how you're a part of the Mormon Church. I, I mean, seriously, <laughs> it, it seems that that it seems tough for me, and yeah. I, I get people rationalize it. I get there's all types of reasons, um, and obviously, you know, well. I hope more white guys don't go join the Mormon church. I don't want that to be a, like a call to arms. No, that, all that's, <laughs>
0: that's not what we want. Don't do that. That's bad. Stay away. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 and, and again, with, uh, with homophobia, I, I know someone, who, who, I'm going to be very careful here because I don't want to out anyone, but I know someone within the Mormon church who actually had, uh, therapy. Who was gay to to conversion therapy to stop them being gay, and they're now married with children, yeah. and uh that again, like like seeing the the black people who weren't all were part of the Mormon church happily going there and being part, that just breaks my heart to see someone yeah. like that who, who just denies who, who's got that internal conflict and instead of going. To a secular therapist and seeking real help, went to therapy within the church. Yeah,
1: yeah, and especially, I mean, yeah, you you touched on a, a really, really good point, but also one that's that's you know very 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 weighty and 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 very important, which is this this ideology in Mormonism is one that is still actively pushing torture, which is what gay conversion therapy is. Yeah. Sitting a person down and telling them that they aren't who they actually are is torture. And the fact that we could even have religious therapists, you know, is, is so baffling to me because funny enough uh, the brain does things in a manner that doesn't seem to care about whether or not you're catholic or muslim or or an atheist it doesn't fucking care neurons work the way neurons work and it is it uh, again i mean you touched on this earlier there's there's a softening of the branding to the outside folks where they say oh we're not Hey, you know, you want to be gay and you want to be a Mormon. That's, that's okay. You know, they kind of whisper that last part because they're not really okay with it, but they're, they're not going to tell you outright how against it they are and how actively they will, they will try to suppress that. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Part of me, part of me says, you know what? Go all for it, Mormon Church, because the more type of garbage like that, the more people are going to leave. Yeah, and and it's it's such a hard thing. It's it's such a hard <clears throat> tension to, to 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 battle. I think because yeah, man, I think it's terrible what you guys are doing, and you're actively causing harm right now. But part of me thinks you keep this shit up for another ten years. Why would people still be a part of it? Yeah. You know,
0: I, th- I think there is a there is a although I I, I might be wrong here, and I, I certainly think that the uh, the newest bishop, who I think was elected pretty recently, has uh, kind of taken a step backwards. But un, until he came along, I think there was uh, some softening of uh, the kind of homosexual thing. But I think that had again. As with the black thing, I think because it's so becoming so culturally unacceptable to be homophobic now, I think that yeah. they're kind of looking at it to like, well, what's a way to get us numbers up? There's no other yeah. way to say it, really. Yeah. They, they, they want to become come in line with uh, what society wants because they want the membership to go up.
1: Right, it's hard not to be cynical with so many of these organizations it's it's just like oh oh wow baptist you suddenly realized that women can love other women i guess i guess god must have spoken to you or you just realized your your fucking pews were emptying out and your coffers were filled um
0: yeah, funny, I funny mean, how that'll uh, inspire them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Money yeah, stopping yeah. rolling in. <laughs>
1: I'll yeah. tell you, man. You know, the 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 amount of money in my wallet is almost directly tied <laughs> to my happiness. So I I get it, but no, it's 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 the same playbook that that every one of these uh, you know organizations have participated in for years. They they wait until they see that. Pretty much everybody else around them says, oh, this isn't okay. And then they finally get on board to it. But let's not talk about the five other shitty things that you've got on the next page, right? So, right, we've been talking, we've
0: had some quite heavy stuff so far. We've been talking about some, you know, really emotional, really impactful things. Let's once again try and lighten the mood a little bit because Joseph Smith, fortunately for... Our good fortune made some prophecies during his lifetime. (laughs) Are are you aware of any of these prophecies?
1: I know I've heard them in the past, but I would love, I would love a retelling. (laughs) If you, if you know some of those awesome, totally true prophecies. As it happens, (laughs) I've got a couple. And do you know what? The, the, The first time
0: I was given a book of Mormon and we're going back, Probably maybe 15 uh, or 20, even 20 years ago by a missionary on the street um, and the first time I read it, the the introduction to that particular edition of the Book of Mormon, and I don't know whether they'd, they'd missed this in the printing of it, but I picked up on it straight. It was literally the first thing I picked up on was that the fact that Joseph Smith had prophesied that the end of the world was going to come in his son's lifetime. Now, <laughs> the the, the specific prophecy was made in 1835, uh, and he said the coming of the Lord, which was nigh, even fifty-six years should wind up the scene. Uh, oh that was God. that was in 1835. <sighs> That's not particularly come to pass, unless yeah. the Lord unless the Lord is sneaked in very, very quietly <laughs> and not particularly done much. <laughs> which is always a possibility I suppose but
1: I guess I didn't notice the apocalypse happening around <laughs> no. me but maybe I'll go look outside
0: <laughs> the, these get better <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. so, in 1832 we prophesied that an LDS temple would be built in independence Missouri within his generation I don't if think it's so no temple <laughs> <laughs> it's Missouri. I don't oh, think so but they bought the land and there's actually a placeholder marker where the temple is going to be built.
1: Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That counts. <laughs> that, that, that fulfills that prophecy. Yeah. Uh, in 1838,
0: he prophesied that his servant, David Patton would go on a mission the next spring. This was slightly scuppered by the fact that Patton died in October of the same year. <laughs>
1: Oh, no way. So,
0: um, 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 again, (laughs) um, unless there was some like ghostly missionary wandering around, not going to convert a lot of people. Um, in 1843, this is a serious one. He prophesied the US government would be utterly overthrown and wasted in a few years' time that clearly happened because we've in just 18- had trump i wish it
1: had <laughs> happened <laughs> in 1843 you say yes in 1843 gosh the um, clock's a little broken but i don't yeah. think that happened bro <laughs> this,
0: this is the final one this is the final one of our quick fire prophecy round this is the best one yet are you ready for this in 1837 <clears throat> he proclaimed that the Lord had told him that the moon was inhabited by men and women who looked like the people of Earth and that they lived up to a 1,000 years old, stood nearly six feet tall and dressed uniformly like Quakers.
1: No. No. (laughs) That's fantastic. uh, I have... I have not heard
0: this. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I've not made that up. I am reading that. I'm not, oh my I'm not gosh! making it up from the top of my head. Yes, Joseph Smith thought the moon was inhabited by men and women. Wow. Who were a thousand years old, lived up to a thousand years old, and stood nearly, nearly, nearly six feet tall. Not quite. I like that. I like
1: that, though. He was like, ah! Six feet sounds too big. Let's let's sounds make a bit a un- unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. That's the part. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Let, like let's, let's keep it real. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Five foot nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He felt like he felt like he had written down the shit about the living on the moon and for the thousand year lifespan. And he was like, ah, maybe we shouldn't make these people six foot. Like I'm five, seven. I'll just leave it there. Like, that's great. Fucking. Oh, wow.
0: And uh, they didn't have wild fashion. They dressed uniformly like Quakers.
1: That's I like that. I like that. You know, (laughs) he's going to create this whole race of people. And he's like, look, they actually, their fashion sense is terrible. They all dress exactly the same. Um, I, I, wow. Okay, I'm gonna go. Have to do some research after this, Richard. I'm telling you, this is this has been eye-opening. <laughs> they,
0: they weren't the only prophecies he made. They were just the the more fun. <laughs> yeah, <they're> best. <laughs> oh uh, the best. The, the the moon one. I literally found out about that today, and that was just like that is going oh. in the show. That is That's going awesome. in the show. Yeah. So. When, when we talked about doing this subject, the, the reason we got on to doing this subject is that, uh, you know, I asked you what kind of thing you wanted to do, and you found a news article about a group of uh, religious extremists who, who were kind of versions of Mormons. So yes. do you want to tell us a little bit about that before we end?
1: Yes. So um, this is coming to us uh, from The Guardian, um, definitely a, a well known and, and fairly reputable news source um, around the world um, but there is a for any of for any of the the folks on this side of the pond that that are over here in America with me, you will probably be familiar with um, various right wing Christian nationalist groups that have been expanding and expanding across our country um for about a decade or so now it doesn't seem as if they're expanding in their um membership in the sense of individual it doesn't seem as if last year they had a thousand now they've got twenty thousand but what they are definitely doing is they are um attacking people on social media They are actively going about harassing and creating websites with misinformation, as well as um, hardcore lobbying politicians, putting money in their pockets and creating draft laws where literally they are word for word, except they replace the name of the state and hand it to the next freaking senator. Um, So this one is actually something new that is known as the Deseret nationalists um also known as uh Desnaz or Desnats and what this is is a group of individuals that seem to take a fairly hardline ultra right conservative stance Um, they advocate for a Mormon ruled separatist white ethno state, um, is, is just one of the, one of the really nice quotes that I can pull from this article just makes me feel great to say stuff like that. Um, it, uh, unfortunately, as we have seen with some of these other things, it seems to be a hell of a lot deeper than we would like. There was, um, so some people may be familiar with this company, uh, Booz Allen Hamilton. It is, it is an international, more or less, uh, cybersecurity spying type organization. They've worked for uh, the United States Military and Intelligence Services for many, many years. It is often referred to as the world's most profitable spy organization. Um, there was a couple of individuals that seemingly were connected to that corporation. Um, Now, we don't know if the person involved was necessarily a part of any particular we don't we don't know any about what he did necessarily for them. But not only do we have um, that individual that could have been uh, fairly high up when it comes to CIA contracts and and information like that, we also have some individuals related to the Alaskan government so the state government out in alaska it appears um the the head uh of the dol the department of law and the attorney general um have ties to the lds church and it there's this there's this strange thing that's going on right now where i think we see this all the time where an organization has the ability to be just far enough away from something obviously atrocious, uh, when it comes to the public view that they can say, Hey, this doesn't represent us. We're not a part of this group. We don't like what they're doing, but they don't seem to actually be coming down on it very hard. Um, in fact, um, it seems to be the case that, let me see if I can find this guy's name. So Gregory Smith, who is running for city council in Ogden, Utah, uh, reportedly has sympathies with this particular uh, Desnat uh, or Deseret nationalist movement and has repeatedly used the hashtag uh, that's associated with it. Um, and one of the one of the quotes that I think is is really important um, because it does because again this this is an ultra right. Uh, Far right conservative Christian nationalist um, sect and organization that harasses people online, posts misleading and misinformation or disinformation, and so forth. And one of the one of the individuals who was a part of researching for this article um, says. Quote, the thing that struck me the most about the account was its negative attitudes towards women and LGBTQ people. And that is something that is undeniably coming across in all of the posts, in all of the things that are that are coming out that are related to this. Um, It is it is very clearly uh, Mormon theology. It is very clearly somebody who is referencing the Latter-day Saints uh very much talking about this even if the mormon church as a whole is condemning this um at least in some form or fashion honestly my opinion i don't think they're doing a great job um, no, and it, it touches on
0: on what we've been talking about the the entire episode uh, that some of the members of, the, of this organization ex- uh uh identify with extreme right positions on gender and sexuality and race. It's just what we've been talking about. It's basically LDS history.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and this is what frustrates me about people saying, well, why can't you just let somebody have their beliefs? You know, you, you're, you're an atheist. You don't believe in this. Why do you keep talking about it? This is why is because apparently when we aren't talking about this more regularly, Apparently, when we aren't making sure that the law is being followed to the letter to separate religion and our government, apparently what these people will do in the shadows is repeatedly harass women and queer folk and trans people and and repeatedly tell them how they're less than, how they're not worth uh, the same as others. And more importantly, Will do their best to be a part of state and local governments yeah. and change the law in a manner that benefits them. And, and this is something that, you know, here in the United States, man, we, we have to get a handle on. You know, we, we have to stand up and, and you know, it, ACA is great. Uh, you know, they are amazing. They are in Texas. I love them to death. I love the community. There's so many wonderful people that are part of it. We need more. Yeah. We need more. We, we, who are you in Florida? Where, where we got people in Minnesota? Where are the people in Utah? Where, where is everybody else? Because what, what we need right now is an active group of individuals that are secular, that are not focused on any religious leaning whatsoever to counter this. Because this is what is sweeping across our country, and that—that's why I do love the Freedom from Religion Foundation. I love Andrew Seidel. Um, I yeah. actually—I got his book. I'm going to read it. Uh, it's on camera now, so I can't go back on that. That's—that's that's <laughs> set in stone. Um, I'm just getting there, but I'm busy. But it's—it's <laughs> <laughs> a—it's a big book. It's got a lot of—it's got a lot of big yes. words. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, he's all smart and lawyery, and I'm like, ah, video. Um, but the point, the point is that this, this organization is, is new and it is using, it is using the tactics that have been so successful for so many people and in wonderful ways. Like it's, it's awesome that you know, various individuals across this com- country and world are able to post out there on on Twitter in, in just a few characters, a call to action that says, hey, look, there's a community cleanup project. Let's all get out there and clean up our park. The problem is that there are people that can use it to say things like there's no such thing as trans women, which is bullshit, mm-hmm. or um, asexual people don't exist, which is garbage. Um, all of this can be used in the exact opposite fashion from what we want. And those of us that are out there, look, if you're watching this, if you're hanging out at this wonderful community, help, help out, get your voice out there. You don't even have to do that much. All you got to do is make sure that if you go and you post something, you want to talk on on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever the kids are doing, say something. Just stand up and say, "Hey, look, I don't believe in God, and I don't think we should make laws based on your Jesus, you know um, I, I, I don't have a problem with you believing what you want to believe, but you don't get to you don't get to make half of our country less than because somebody stuck their face in a hat. 200 years ago, and, and read the words of the captain. You know, it's just not, that's not okay. Captain Birdseye. Um, that's right. That's right, that's right. He, need, he needs his fish fingers, baby. So,
0: on um, Elliot's wonderful TED talk,
1: <laughs> you got to wait until I'm not drinking.
0: No chance,
1: brother.
0: It's not as much fun. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Elliot. Secular Rarity. We've been, people have been trying to get us to work together for a while. It's finally happened. Hopefully it's the start of something that will push forward and it will happen again very soon. Um, thank you so, so much for joining me. I've had such a blast. Um, sometimes it's been a bit heavy, been a bit of heavy, heavy show at times. But, you know, these these things need to be heard. Final thoughts on Mormonism.
1: Yeah. um, I'll I'll give my quick final thoughts on Mormonism and then uh, I'll thank you and stuff. Um, Everyone out there that is, that is not a part of Mormonism, even if you're a believer of something else, we all need to stand together and we all need to make sure that we stop the active harm that is being caused by this, by this ideology and by the individuals that are part of that community. Uh, I don't have a problem if you want to be Mormon. I don't have a problem with Mormons. I have a problem with Mormonism. I have a problem with the ideology that underpins all of these actions. And more often than not, they lead to harm. And that's why all of those uh, of us that, that see that, let's all, let's all hang out and stand up and make sure that it is not continuing to happen um because it is bad and we need to be watching it just like we watch everything else y'all um and then richard this has been fucking amazing man i have loved it i am so glad people yelled at us until we finally got together please (laughs) yes let's do something else let's let's yell about another religion there's a lot (laughs) out there uh that's bullshit so
0: (laughs) it's a lot to yell about that's right this has been Skeptic Hangout with myself, Richard Gilliver, and Elliot Secular Rarity. Until next time, we will see you. Thank you for joining us.